Our city came together in the wake of one October's tragedy with the rallying cry of Vegas Strong. But when it comes to solutions, Americans have historically been pretty divided over what can be done with gun violence. That might be starting to change. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I sit down with Mary Blankenship. She's a researcher at Brookings Mountain West, where she studies internet misinformation. Her most recent study analyzed millions of tweets about mass shootings, and she found that recently there may be more common ground between left-leaning and right-leaning folks, which may be good news for finally getting somewhere on this topic. It's Monday, July 18th, 2022. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Welcome to CityCast Las Vegas, Mary Blankenship from the Brookings Mountain West. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, David. It's a pleasure to be on CityCast and to be talking about this very important issue. It, it was fascinating to me because you really kind of got a sense of how people's opinions about mass shootings are shifting. So why don't you just tell me first about the study that you did? Uh, I'd be happy to. Uh, this is research that I've been conducting, I think, well over three or four years now um, oh, wow. with with Brookings Institution uh, senior fellow Carol Graham. We were introduced to UNLV library colleagues who had done this collection of tweets on the 1 October shooting. On, on tweets? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Okay. yeah, tweets. They collected 14 million tweets. In the first week of the mass shooting, now because this was the deadliest mass shooting in U.S. history, it was a complete shock um, to everyone, not just in the United States, but in the world. So you had a lot of participation and discussion and attention about this. So that, that's a lot of tweets. And uh, that gave us an idea of, well, maybe these well-defined surveys don't work so well, but maybe we can try to utilize these tweets. And that's what we did. And we started doing our own collections with each of the major mass shootings in the U.S., with the El Paso shooting, for example, uh, all the way up to the more recent shootings uh, with Highland Park, Uvalde, and Buffalo shooting. Yeah, and I know we're, we're all so familiar with that, and it's just becoming more commonplace. You're right. There's so much data that we've come into a problem where we can't archive the data fast enough because as soon as we're done, there's either another shooting of like right away or within the week. So that's, that's so depressing. But it also shows us how important it is for us to get into this because of what is happening. Yeah, exactly. And especially with the, uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic, People were uh, seeing the world almost completely through the eyes of social media. And so um, this is where people immediately go to look at like the, the hot takes or voice their opinions or get the breaking news. The first public account of the 1 October shooting happened on Twitter. And it happened while the actual shooting was still going on. So people aren't 
when they see something, they aren't necessarily calling you know, emergency response. They're going on social media or they're taking videos or photos and, and trying to sort of break the news there. Yeah, no, a real peculiar trend. So let me take you back to the study. Can you share with us exactly what it was that you were looking at for the study that you just published? Right. So we were looking at tweets in response to the Buffalo shooting and the Uvalde shooting. Okay. And we were interested in seeing what the conversation looked like between uh, users that were right-leaning and pro-gun rights versus users who were left-leaning and pro-gun control and see what were they discussing? Is there at all a consensus? And to see also how has the conversation evolved since the 1 October shooting? We were only looking at tweets and users that very explicitly stated that they were right or left-leaning or pro-gun rights or gun control. And so the way we did this is by looking at the bio descriptions of the users tweeting about these two shootings. And so you'd be amazed at how much outrageous and very actually private information people are willing to share in their bios. But for users that did not explicitly fit into these two categories, they were excluded from the analysis. Okay. And were you able to also exclude like the bots that we hear so much about, you know, polluting the discourse on on social media? That is a great question. And unfortunately, doing that would be hard to do because there's just so many tweets. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I, I certainly have tried to limit the uh, bot influence in my life, but sometimes I embrace it. Caveats aside, I really want to hear what you're what you're finding. What's happening from the data? So between the the right leaning users and the left leaning users, in general, within these discussions, especially about the Uvalde shootings, there was a lot of discussion about hypocrisies and ironies. So, for example, users talking about how uh, the police in the Uvalde are allocated 40% of the municipal budget, but yet have this inept and inadequate response when the, the shooting actually occurred. They're still talking about it. Left-leaning users are talking about it much more. Pew Research did a study on who, what kind of users were on Twitter. There is uh, more Democratic or left-leaning users in general on Twitter, but still, there were twice, at least twice as many Democrats discussing this for the Buffalo shooting. Right-leaning users are trying to basically completely circumvent these kinds of discussions, which is, you see it a lot in other issues as well. So let me give you an example, just a quick one. Um, Great. In discussions about the insurrection, left-leaning users are much more focused about the actual insurrection and the like, intense storming of the Capitol, while Republicans or right-leaning users are not at all even discussing that but are completely focused on discussing election fraud claims and still claiming that the um, election was stolen. So see how like these differences in focus between the two groups. And so in this case, what we've noticed is 
both of the users, especially for the Uvalde shooting, uh, they share great concern uh, about their safety. And because the, the shooting was in a school for their children's safety as well. But then that conversation gets completely derailed within accusations, cynicism, misinformation. The stuff that we keep seeing all conversations kind of circling back to. So I think we know a lot about the divide. What what I'm really curious about, especially as it might relate to our own city, Las Vegas, when it comes to people talking about the various aspects of mass shootings, what are you learning about Las Vegans? What are Las Vegans saying? Mm-hmm. There are lots of tweets that basically are cataloging the the major mass shootings in the U.S. And because Las Vegas was such an important one, that's often included in that list. When looking at the most popular tweets and the most popular retweeted users, you get some interesting developments. So, for example, you have discussions of people wanting to ban assault weapons like the AR-15. You also get uh, discussions of people talking about how the NRA only cares about raising money and not about like act- the actual values of Americans. Here, here's what you don't get. You don't get a lot of, peop- of people, users in general, saying that we should ban all guns. I think Americans on both sides understand the, the importance of, of the right to bear arms. And, and of course, gun culture out here in the West, even in mm-hmm. Las Vegas, which is an urban center, uh, is very prevalent, I mean, from our beginnings. And so there's, there's that added layer when it comes to talk about guns, right? Exactly. Even with the more left-leaning users as well. So the discussion is not centered around that, but it is centered to call upon uh, certain gun control measures. Um, you have a wide ra- variety of mix of uh, users who are the most retweeted uh, accounts, like which includes uh, members of Congress, uh, more moderate geo- GOP members of Congress, like Adam uh, Kissinger, um, who talks about the need for gun reform and sort of the, the backlash that he received as a Republican talking about gun reform. So you get that discussion as well that is prevalent actually both within the, the right-leaning and the left-leaning users talking about Vegas or in Vegas. But then at the same time, you also get these uh, more very conservative pundits and conspiracy theories that are right up there with the most retweeted users. Mary, are there aspects of the analysis that you're doing over there that could help us figure out ways to find that kind of either common ground or uh, solution through this data to change the conversation, to eliminate the noise and get to the, to the solves? I think one of the ways that this can help is just, it's almost like people don't even realize that the things that they are talking about and um, something that, that I'm hoping this study can do is hold a mirror up to these different users and say, this is what you're focusing on. It's extremely unhelpful and unproductive. <laughs> right. Let's switch it, you know? The one thing that I, I really drew out of the, the paper that you co-authored 
uh, is that the one consensus, the umbrella thought uh, that seems to be very prevalent from a majority of, of the Twitter users that you looked at was that people are really at their wits end. Uh, in other words, that everyone agrees enough is enough with these mass shootings and that everyone kind of agrees that something needs to be done. Uh, it, it, where they then diverge is in, in solutions. So uh, let me focus on gun control for a second because you mentioned gun mm-hmm. control. As we know, there was a bipartisan small measure that addressed it, but I'm wondering if a, a clever politician or policymaker uh, could look at your data and say, help me find what Las Vegans or Nevadans would support above and beyond what we are already trying. Yeah, I, I, that data is, it would be able to tell you those kinds of things. And because you mentioned different safety measures, that's something that is discussed within users. Uh, some of the most popular tweets are discussing how guns are some of the leading cause of deaths in children. A gun not stored properly and that gets in the hands of, of children. Or there's also discussion about you know, yes, mass shootings, they have all the attention, but suicides account for um, some of the, the biggest percentage, if not the biggest percentage of gun-related deaths. Um, so users, uh, they're aware of these other issues and they're discussing them as well. What comes next for you with regard to utilizing this information as it relates to mass shootings? There's so much that can be done with this data. You can take a look, for example, at how people from different states react to shootings. In the one October shooting, the emotional response was actually very positive. That shooting actually was able to bring the community together. You had, so you had a positive emotional response. You had hashtags like thoughts and prayers, Vegas strong. Over time, that has largely disappeared. And mm. the majority of, of the emotional response is actually anger. It's fear, it's sadness. Yeah. Well, I was excited that thoughts and prayer were going away, but anger and sadness replacing it. Um, I guess, is it, and, is it good? And the cynicism. Uh, I, that's a great question. I think people are tired that there's really nothing that's being done to address this matter. But where it gets dangerous is the accusations uh, from both sides, that they think it's the other side's fault. But I, I think, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that thoughts and prayers are disappearing. People are saying that more is needed than thoughts and prayers. Mary Blankenship over at Brookings Mountain West is a researcher. You've definitely tapped into some really interesting information. Thank you so much for, for the work that you're doing over there. And thanks for joining us today on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And that's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you're sitting there and thinking, that was a pretty good episode, well, go tell a friend. Rate the show. Leave us a review, why don't you? You can also subscribe to our morning newsletter for more news, events, and happenings around the town. It's so good. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. We'll see you soon. I think this is Revenge of the Bots, Mary. (laughs) They're listening. They heard heard we were talking about them.
and they uh, they're very good at uh, hacking. 